Hey friends, Andy Jenkins. I want to continue on the same line of thought that we took last week in the previous episode when I said the Holy Spirit wants to and does empower you to do something that exceeds your natural capacity and functions at the level of heaven. And we use that term, spiritual gifts. That's really what we're discussing for this. I think it's going to be maybe a four or five episode series. In the previous episode, we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 7, and I broke down some of the passage and said that really, in that passage, that term, spiritual gifts, that sometimes we lock onto in churches and in studies and in classes and Sometimes if you go to church, they do a membership class where they really say, hey, what's your spiritual gift? We want to empower you to do something to serve. That word doesn't actually appear exactly like that in the original New Testament, uh, spiritual gifts. Instead, Paul used in that passage four different words that uniquely, in my opinion, are far more powerful and describe what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you. And so I would encourage you, if you're not yet up to speed on that, listen to this. This talk will stand on its own. And then just boomerang back and go get uh, the previous episode from the series. Uh, It would be Spiritual Gifts, uh, first episode. Here we're in episode number two. Now, before I get going into the main content here, what I want to do is point you to the bottom of the show notes below. If you go all the way to the bottom of the show notes, wherever you're listening to this from, If you're on Apple, just kind of click and look on the details. If you're on Spotify or you're on Amazon Music, you're on Pandora, wherever you're listening, you're on my website. Just scroll down to the bottom and there are going to be three links at the bottom of all of that talking for you. Uh, Let me do them in reverse order. The bottom link is going to be a link to the full-blown Life Lift course where really you can watch 20 different videos that are going to take you on a deep dive of all this stuff. The link right above that is where you can get the book, Life Lift, absolutely free. Uh, That book, you pay the shipping and handling, we'll send it to you. It's a workbook. I'm looking at it right now. I am actually, you can hear those pages probably flipping right there. I am teaching you right now on this podcast series from uh, really some of chapter 13, some of chapter 14, uh, even a little bit of chapter 15 in this book. That book, Page Shipping and Handling, will ship it same day right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Uh, The third link, so the top link that I want to point you to, it is this link right here. I'm looking at it that says Spiritual Gifts 7-Minute Q&A. So when you follow that link, it's going to take you to a page that really, let me just kind of click on it and follow it because I'm right here sitting beside my computer. Uh, It says, discover how God supernaturally moves through you in order to reach to others. So that's one of the points of these gifts is God's going to, and and I get it, we, you know, said, hey, gifts isn't the word, but it's easier to use the word gift than all these other words. So I'm going to say, discover how God supernaturally moves through you via these gifts, in order to reach to others. Now, when you click on the button, instantly, boom, there's question number one. I like servicing, organizing services and events. I either do or you don't. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, and always. I'm going to say for me, sometimes. Uh, next question, I enjoy starting new churches. You probably say, hmm, 
always. Most people will say, ah, never or rarely. I enjoy working with my hands. Oh yeah, most often. I can tell when someone is insincere. Well, you, you know, you go through these, you answer these questions, five uh, possibilities right there. There's not a right or wrong. It's literally, what do you think? And even though this assessment cannot tell you what your, quote, gift is, it's a great resource that can help point you in the right direction or it can confirm some things that you already feel uh, where God may be leading you. Uh, so what will happen is when you go through all these questions, at the end, there's going to be a video that's going to pop up for you based on what you answer. And it's going to say, hey, this this right here might, might be your gift. And so you get to walk through that. And I will give you a two to three minute description of the gift. I'll show you in scripture where we see that gift. And then you can take the assessment again, or you can watch other videos that are related to that. It's all free. Uh, you could literally do this in about 10 to 15 minutes uh, just by following that link. Okay, so here is the main point for today. The Holy Spirit is always looking to work through someone to reach to someone. Okay, let me say it again. The Holy Spirit is always looking to work through someone to reach to someone. Now, absolutely, in the Bible, you find stories, and you can even see it now in real life, where God just shows up out of nowhere and he does something. So way back in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 17, he sends ravens, birds, to feed the prophet Elijah. Uh, way back, even before that, in the book of Numbers, he actually spoke to a prophet who could hear his voice. He spoke to a prophet who was not listening to his voice through a donkey. Uh, in the New Testament, way up in Matthew 17, uh, Peter and Jesus need to pay a temple tax. And Jesus says, hey, go catch one of these fish. And Peter goes, he catches a fish. And in the fish's mouth, there are the coins that they need to pay the temple tax. So absolutely, God can do whatever he wants to out of thin air. And sometimes we see that occur. However, most of the time, when God chooses to do something to someone or for someone, he works through someone. Okay? Most of the time, when God chooses to do something to someone or for someone, he works through someone. That, that means this. You could think back in your life, and most of the time when these great things have occurred and somehow God has moved, it was a blessing that came, yeah, absolutely from God through the agency of another human. Uh, many of the times when God is going to do something to reach one of your friends, one of your family, one of the people that you come in contact with, he's not going to just do this. We're made for connection. We're made for community. We're made to touch each other and reach each other. We're made to be in this thing together. He's going to work through you. And so, again, here's the argument. The Holy Spirit is always looking to work through someone to reach to someone. And that's one of the primary purposes of this topic we're talking about 
spiritual gifts. Well, let me give you an example because this flows into it, and then I'm going to get into some of the gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. So a few years ago, I was in a church service when the visiting preacher at the very end of the message he locks eyes with me. He'd done his kind of invitation call, you know. We're kind of standing up. Everybody's singing. They're praying. He locks eyes with me, and then he starts directing specific statements to me in front of everybody. Now, it wasn't awkward. These statements were clear. They were concise. All the people attending that morning heard them. They were laced with grace uh, which I believe is something that uh, happens 99.99999% of the time. I do not believe the Holy Spirit works through other people to call out others and then embarrass them, especially publicly. So it was completely a moment at ease. Now, the vast majority of the things that this man said to me were facts that there's no way he would have known unless I told him, which I had not, or unless God told him, which it was obvious that he had. And though there was nothing new or revelatory about the words the man spoke, he succinctly, in a few words, confirmed some of the musings of my heart. It was intimate. Uh, I told a friend about this story, and I won't even give you the details of what the guy said. I, I told a friend about it, and he said, well, why would God tell you through that stranger. Why didn't God just tell you directly? And the thing about it is this. Well, you know, God actually had told me directly. He had told me multiple times. But when that man spoke, it really confirmed in my heart that I had been hearing the voice of God all along. Because God went out of his way to tell someone else who had no other way of knowing except for the fact that God told this stranger, and he told that stranger to confirm to me what was going on in that situation. Here's the other side of it. I had a person that was in my life at the time that had really just drugged me through the mud and said some outlandish off-the-wall things to me and to their pastor and pastoral team who was leading that church. And that pastoral team had bought what this person told them, hook, line, and sinker. It was completely odd that they did that. But when they invited a man in that was a stranger, and that stranger said the things that I had told them, it confirmed to them, too, that maybe they had misunderstood that they had also been led astray. Okay, so in that, we see this double whammy where he, God reaches me. He also shows them some things. In all of that, that man became a connector to the kingdom of God for me and for those church leaders. In that point, he was functioning at the capacity of heaven, reaching through him. Heaven was reaching through him to us. He was a conduit, a connector to the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I said. In the previous talk, I walked you through 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. That's where we were. And in that passage, Paul really defines what spiritual gifts are, using those four different words. 
So you might want to, again, just kind of zing back to that if you haven't really caught the content yet. In this talk, I want to take you to the next three verses. In chapter 12, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, I guess that's four verses, 8, 9, 10, 11, Paul starts talking through nine of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I don't think that's the complete nine. I think that's just the starting point. Here, here's, here's what he says here. Uh, to one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, each person, just as he determines. So in this passage right here, we find nine unique ways, not the only nine ways, but nine different ways that the Holy Spirit moves through people to reach to other people as we function at the capacity of heaven. Okay, let me just repeat what they are. Message of wisdom, message of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, sometimes referred to just as miracles, prophecy, uh, distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, different kinds of tongues. Sometimes you just refer to this as tongues, interpretation. Let, let me walk you through some of these over the next few minutes. So number one, wisdom. Wisdom, I think, is supernatural application. It is the ability to speak the thoughts and guidance of God in a situation most often in a practical way. It's not so much extracting truth out of the Bible as it is speaking the practical application of heavenly thought into a situation. You probably know people like this. Often what they say will seem countercultural, but you, you know somebody that it's not just age-type wisdom. It, it's something that's bigger, and once they say it, it was hidden from everyone else, and then it's just like, oh, that's absolutely correct. That's what we need to do in this situation. That's how we should be thinking about it. And the Holy Spirit confirms it once it's done, once it's said. It's like all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yes. Now, because the Holy Spirit functions everywhere, not confined to the four walls of a church. In fact, arguably, if you read through the book of Acts and you start comparing what we do you know, here in the 21st century compared to what church looked like then, I mean, I mean, there's not a lot of resemblance in the sense of inside the four walls and all, all these kinds of things. I'm not saying that what we do is bad. I'm just saying that he functioned in those days everywhere. Miracles were happening in the streets. <laughs> People were being healed in homes. It wasn't confined to a church service. So this wisdom could work in business. This wisdom could work at school. This wisdom could work if you're running a daycare, a car wash. This wisdom could work whatever you're doing everywhere you go, if that is the unique way that God works through you. Number two, knowledge. Uh, that's a unique insight. 
So it's not application like wisdom. It's more of information. Uh, knowledge, I think, is this. It cures the ability to talk, talk about something. There's no way the speaker would have known in the way, again, that wisdom refers to application. Knowledge refers to information. Now, think back to the story that I told you just a few minutes ago about that visiting preacher at that church. When he got up, locked eyes with me, he said stuff like this. Hey, you're a father of many kids. You have more than normal, like way more than normal. How, how many? So he asked me that. Well, there were only two of them near me. That was it. Uh, the others were serving in the kids' areas. The others were in kids' classes. One or two of them were out of town. There's no way you would have known any of this. And then he continues talking. He says, you've been in the middle of a tough season. The Lord sees you. He knows your heart. You have the Father's heart. He wants you to know that your children are going to be okay. Now, there's no way he would have known, and he went into some more detail about what was happening in my life. And there's certainly no way he would have known that like the biggest, greatest concern that I had in that moment was actually about the heart's of those kids and how they might come out of that odd struggle on the other side. Again, he had not application, not, hey, do this, 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 and this. He had information. He had knowledge. Okay, so right there, two speaking gifts, just right out of the gate. Wisdom is application, what to do supernaturally. Knowledge, information, Insight. Now, here's what I'll say about both of those. All these speaking gifts somehow carry or release faith. It's almost as if you hear the words and you affirm, oh, these are the words of the Spirit, and it just resonates in your soul. Third gift is this, faith. Faith is seeing what's unseen to everyone else. And the gift of faith, it, it's more than just a belief. It is a solid, tangible knowing. The gift of faith, you could think of it like it envelops a person like a blanket. It leaves very little room, maybe even no room for doubt. Faith carries an authority that gives a gifted person an unshakable confidence that God is moving and it creates a ripple effect of faith in other people who are nearby. Uh, let's think about it. Where do you see faith today? Uh, you, you might see it when new church planters move to yet-to-be-built neighborhoods. They launch new startups, which grow exponentially. You might see it when entrepreneurs receive vision for a new business idea, one they launch with ultra success. Again, it could be a church example. It could be a non-church example. The fourth gift Paul mentions is this, healing. Healing is imparting total health and wholeness. Uh, it is a divine strength and ability to act as an intermediary in faith, prayer, uh, perhaps by the laying on of hands for the healing of physical, mental, or emotional illness or distress. Now, Jesus did say in Mark 16, 15 through 20, that all believers can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But some people have the ability to do this at a higher capacity. And I would even say this. I believe that you might find doctors and nurses and medical professionals serving that have this gift 
that use their professional skills in alignment with the supernatural. Not all healing in the New Testament happens in this miracle sense. In other training elsewhere, for instance, in my healing workshop, uh, I have, and I'll put a link down below to that. Uh, Let me just kind of type a note in so I don't forget. I talk about healing in the New Testament sometimes happening in a miracle sense, but also happening in this, uh, well, one word is iomei. That means miracle, abrupt, cataclysmic, healing. It, like it, it is, it just, boom, it occurs and things are changed. There's this other word, therapeuo, which literally means to wait on, to serve, to attend to, or to teach how to be well. When we see Jesus, the disciples, Paul, others, using both kinds of healing. What's the key? It's, it's not like whether it just appears as a miracle. It's whether it serves people at a level that far out exceeds what you could do in your natural capacity. Uh, gift number five is miracles. Now, here's what I think. Miracles is just the way I understand it. Miracles, I distinguish from healing in that healing deals with a person Miracles, I would just say it is supernatural abilities with stuff. Whereas the gift of healing primarily deals with people, the gift of miracles most often deals with situations, places, or things. Uh, example, the Old Testament. The prophet Elisha and his students lose an axe head. It's in the Jordan River. It starts to sink while they're building a place for them to live. Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha causes the iron axe head to float back to the surface so they can retrieve it. That's 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7. Uh, Jesus feeding 5,000 people in Mark 6, 30, and then feeding 4,000 in Mark 8 with just a few loaves of fish and a couple or a few, um, a few actual fish and a few loaves of bread. Like, those would be great examples. Uh, you might have seen someone able to do more with less time and less stuff. Uh, you might have even seen someone that's almost able to like compress time and get stuff ha- to happen. That might be, just, just perhaps, could be miracles. Number six, prophecy. This is another speaking gift. This is not necessarily forth-telling events, but forth telling identity, speaking who someone really is, their unique God-given identity. Uh, Someone with the gift of prophecy often has a unique insight to speak life to an individual. Uh, Generally, and this is the key, it might be who that person is despite what we might see on the surface Ah, let me think about maybe an example in the Bible. The first time that Jesus meets Simon Peter, he says, your name is Simon. That Now that, that name means reed, twig, shifting sand. You're Simon. You're now Peter. He changes his name from reed, twig, shifting sand to Cephas. Peter means rock. Now, if you follow Simon's story for the next couple chapters, next couple books of the Bible even, he seems more like a reed, a twig, 
than he does rock. But Jesus calls forth that identity. Uh, Peter walks on water. He sinks. Peter denies Jesus. Peter denies Jesus to a slave girl and heaps curses upon himself. Peter runs away when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and needs him most. Yet Peter comes back and he's a rock. And he becomes the person that Jesus builds the church upon. That's prophecy. So if you're just kind of taking a note here, like these three speaking gifts, wisdom, knowledge, and prophecy. Wisdom is practical application of what to do. Knowledge, information, and insight. Prophecy is identity. Let me give you a couple more, three more discernment. That's the seventh gift mentioned. Discernment is seeing the unseen. Uh, Sometimes it's called discerning of spirits. It is another manifestation of the people of God where the Holy Spirit works through those people to enable some people, not just to see on the surface, but to see motives and intents and what's happening at a deeper level. Sometimes a person with the gift of discernment They'll just get a sense, a feel about something. And they will be able to read the room, to read a situation, to read a circumstance at a spiritual level that's not obvious to everyone else. Now, let me maybe compare this one to faith. Faith is belief for the future. Discernment is insight in the present. Faith believes God's going to do something. Hey, look, we're going to get there. Discernment says, hey, here's what God's doing. Or hey, here's what God's not doing. Here's what we need to be aware of. Because here's how we get on board with what he would do in this situation. And you start seeing now like how all of these things begin fitting together and go, oh, goodness, yeah, we, it's like parts of the bodies. The analogy Paul uses where we don't each have all these gifts. Like we really need the supernatural expertise of each other. There's two more gifts Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Um, now this gift, tongues, that he mentions here, uh, it is a gift that is misused in the church. Oh, goodness, so often. In fact, you might have seen it misused before and thought, well, I really don't want to get into that. Like, I, I, don't, I want to kind of steer clear of that. Um, and it must not be a valid thing. But, but I want you to think about it like this. You can only counterfeit things for which a legit thing exists. And you can only counterfeit something that people actually want. So when you see a counterfeit use of tongues, it does show you, golly, there must be a real one that people do want. And when the Spirit gives a gift of tongues to someone, you can be sure that it is to edify, it is to build up, it is to encourage the body, it is not to make people anxious, to freak people out, to make people less than, and it is often... And Well, in fact, Paul says when it happens, it should be interpreted. So it, it should follow up here with this second gift. Now, I don't want to get into that one as much because I talk about it in the link that you can follow down and get the free book. And we have so much training on it. 
Um, I will say this. I've been into churches where the pastor or other leaders get up there and say, pray in the spirit. Or if you've got a prayer language, like use it now. In my opinion, that is not the time and place to do it. In fact, Paul even alludes to that. 1 Corinthians 14, he spells out all of these sentences and all of these guidelines where he says, hey, if you do that, outsiders are going to think you're out of your mind. And I get it. Your pastors and leaders go, well, that's because they're unspiritual. Well, maybe so. But Paul said, hey, you got to look out for that because like, you want things to be done decently and in order and such that everyone is built up. The key is to build everyone up and to see God moving through you to touch them, to love them, not necessarily for you to get to use your gift. Okay, you, you see, uh, I'm going to stop right there because I think that we've covered a whole lot. And the point of all of this is, oh, goodness, there's so many gifts. There's so many unique ways that God wants to move through us. And, and, and again, back to the title, the main idea of this talk. The Holy Spirit is always looking to work through someone. That someone is, is me and that someone is you to reach to someone. As such, he gives us these unique slices of how his spirit can move such that he's going to allow us to partner at that supernatural capacity of heaven. You see, uh, my encouragement to you is to go follow the link down below. Maybe access the free book. Uh, definitely take advantage of the free assessment there to where you can start exploring and seeing what your gifts might be. Again, an assessment's not going to be the uh, answer all. The key is really what the Holy Spirit confirms in you and then how he moves through you. But that assessment may uh, confirm some things to you. It may send you kind of looking in the right direction. It provides you some teaching that's kind of targeted at your answers. And as you listen to what you learned there and here in the previous episode, my prayer is that the Lord will bless you. He will keep you. He'll be gracious and shine his face of favor and affirm to you that he is looking for people like you to work through in order to reach to. Grace, peace. I'll see you again very soon.